Working Cows Podcast, episode 250. Welcome to the podcast that gives producers a platform to discuss and share paradigm-challenging practices. Practices that have increased the effectiveness of their operation and the joy that their families have received from this lifestyle. Howdy, everybody. This is Clay Connery, host of the Working Cows podcast, powered by the Global Ag Network. And we made it to 250 episodes. Uh, thank you for all your faithful listening and supporting and sharing and all those things. Uh, it's been a great learning experience for me. And so I decided um, at the um, suggestion of Steve Campbell that I would go back and reach out to some past guests and ask them to share their one to two minutes of advice for the next generation. And I kind of left it open and broad for them and said, you know, whatever you make of that uh, prompt, you can share and uh, we'll see where this goes. So I have just taken every one of these responses in the order they came in. I sent this request out about um, a month, a little over a month ago, and uh, taken these requests as they've come in and just put them in this episode in order. So um, any any coincidences or anything like that are just coincidences. And I'm recording this uh, in my office on Monday. I'm waiting until Wednesday for a couple of more uh, responses to come in because of my uh, inability to manage a calendar. I requested that they come in uh, early this week, thinking I was releasing it early next week, but I'm going to stay on my weekly release schedule. And so this will come out, this will be out on a Wednesday, Lord willing. And so uh, I might not even have heard all of the ones that are going to come in uh, as I'm recording this. So uh, we're going to enjoy some of this together for the first time. But uh, you guys uh, really appreciate y'all and um enjoyed this experience and and continuing to enjoy it and uh looking forward to uh future initiatives for the working cows podcast so uh without further ado here is uh advice from past guests this is aaron berger with nebraska extension i'm an educator located in the south panhandle of the state of nebraska and i think about the next generation if i was going to offer words of encouragement or advice. I think one of the things in my mind for those who are going to be successful in the next generation is to really develop their soft skills. And when I say soft skills, what I'm thinking about here is understanding themselves, self-awareness, understanding their own personality, temperament, their own strengths and weaknesses. And then with that, being able to communicate effectively with others, understanding others' temperaments, understanding the things that make them tick, So communication skills, listening skills, negotiation skills, being able to resolve and navigate conflict, in my mind, are really going to be critical in order to be effective in the next generation for those who want to be involved in ranching. And I know that seems a little maybe outside of what we think about when we think about ranching. We think about management of land and livestock. But in my mind, increasingly, those who are going to be able to be effective, even if it's on a family ranch or if we're thinking about working for a corporate operation where you're answering to a board of directors or answering to a general manager, your soft skills, being able to communicate effectively with others, those you work for and those who 
uh, maybe you're providing oversight or, or leadership, uh, really is going to set you apart and provide opportunities. So again, I, I know that's a little different than maybe what we would traditionally think about, but really investing in yourself, investing in your understanding of communication skills, your own personality, your temperament, uh, understanding how to navigate, negotiate conflict, communicate effectively, I think will really set you apart and help you be effective as you think about ranching as we look to the next 20, 30 years. Hi, this is Alan Crockett. The advice that I'd give a young rancher is pretty much the same advice that I'd give any rancher or any business owner for that matter. First, ranching is a business, period. So run it like a business. Second, I want to visit with you about what I call the six P's. Number one, people. I've said for years, every problem's a people problem. Make sure that you have the right team of people working with you, and most important, make sure that you become the leader your team needs you to be. Two, principles. Build your business on sound people, economic, financial, and ecological principles. These principles will make all the difference in your success. Three, priority. Don't lose focus of the things that matter most, your faith, your family, your health, your community, etc. Four, plan. Take time weekly to do strategic planning for your business. Develop a three-year plan as part of your long-term vision. Five, profit. Your business should be profitable every year. Weather and market should only affect the degree of profitability, not whether or not you're profitable. The low-cost producers, good managers, with excellent leadership skills are going to stay in business. Six, progress. You need to be making progress in all of these areas, but specifically I'll mention ecological progress that comes from building soil health and increasing grass productivity. Not only will this increase the carrying capacity of your ranch, but it will also reduce your costs and increase profitability. Now, to finish, let me just mention that there are an awful lot of negative people in the world and even in ranching. Avoid them. Associate only with positive people who have already done what you're trying to do or that are in the process of doing it. Find yourself a mentor or coach to help you be successful. I wish you the best going forward. If I can be of assistance, please reach out to me. Thank you. Hey, Clay, it's Shannon Sims. So if I had to find one piece of advice that would actually be applicable to a large audience, it would have to be the advice that my grandpa gave my dad when he made the decision to leave college early. And what Grandpa told him was, never stop learning. And uh, it's also, coincidentally, the same advice that Dad gave me when I finished college. Never stop learning. And, uh, yeah, I think that's uh, the only thing you really can do to uh, keep moving forward. Thanks, ma'am. Appreciate what you do. Yes, my name's Wallace Olson. I run Olson Ranch LLC in Claremore, Oklahoma. And... Uh, my advice to young ranchers is the number one thing, guard your name because your word is your bond. And if you're going to, uh, you just need to be aware that this is a very small business ranching that we're in and, uh, you just need to guard your name. The next thing is you need to know and understand yourself. Understand what you will do and what you will not do and, uh, and don't try to don't try to do things that you aren't going to do. I mean, if uh, 
you know, if you're scared of horses, don't try to ride them and stuff. And if you have to have the very best of everything, uh, you probably won't achieve that in ranching, you know. And the next thing is, is to get educated and build a network. Uh, this is a people business and you need to be very aware of that. And college will not do you much good in, in actual ranching. It will do you a lot of good in, uh, in getting jobs and stuff in agriculture, but as far as ranching, it won't. So what you need to do, in my opinion, is get to a ranching for profit school, plan on repeating it within the year and away you and another thing is is to, to look into Holistic Management International and find out about uh, setting goals and understand how they're modeled. And find find mentors. Uh, Chip Hines and I now, but we talk a lot about uh, putting old heads on young shoulders, and uh, that is... Uh, very, very important, and uh, and then understand that attitude is is everything. I got that from Jim Lizzie over in Australia. He teaches stockmanship schools, and uh, knocked down. And uh, you just need to have a good attitude. Get up, dust yourself off, and go forward. And like Barry Bauer up in. Montana says, you know, when you when you have a problem, just put it behind you. Get it behind you. Don't fret about it. Just put it behind you. It was a mistake. Learn from it and go ahead. And the number one thing starting off is this needs to be a profitable business, and you just need to plan for a profit. And you need to understand you need to have a margin in what you do. And we're selling grass. and uh, you need to learn how to Yes, this is Wally Olson again, and where I got, as I was talking about selling grass at full, the way you do that is know the value of gain if you're running stalker cattle and then controlling and capturing as much appreciation in the cow herd as you can and mitigating as much depreciation in the cow herd. The next thing is, is understand that in the Ranching business, if you want to be in the cow business, all you need to own is a cow. And all this other stuff just takes away from your cash flow. The further away you get from a cow, the less cash flow you're going to have. And when you're starting out, cash flow is king. The next thing is make sure you work with nature. And uh, it makes, if you work, it makes ranching a lot easier. And if you've got a problem, Try to figure out how you can profit from the problem rather than spend money on the problem. The next thing is is to understand where you're going to ranch at. And, uh, you know, there's a vast difference. You know, there's places where you can run a cow on two acres and there's a place where it takes 100 acres. You need to, you know, know where to ranch and how and what you're willing to do. Because understand. Near the rainfall, the more opportunities there are. And then the next to be is a contrarian. There's two sides to everything, and just try to always be on the winning side. That's my opinion. Thank you. Craig Guffey here.
After building two successful ranches over the last 40-plus years from scratch, this is what we've learned. It all comes down to controlling our mind to accomplish long-term success. Balance is the key to all. B, believe in your vision, focus, and ability. Believe what your land, forage, and cattle show you. Believe in your family, values, and integrity. There will be many times all will be challenged by the followers in the traditional box. A, alone. Understand that you are on this journey by yourself. Stay focused whether you are broke, tired, failing, and or afraid. You are who the people around you are. L, learn. Learning to learn, it's a life's work. A, always focus on the long term. Ranching is a long-term equity business, not short-term cash basis. Our industry has followed the short-term corporate model, which is failure. N, negative energy, let it go with the people who bring it and try to change you. Don't live in the past, learn from it, and move on. Don't live in the future, it brings anxiety. Live today with clarity. C, creative and consistent. You must have unwavering discipline. Yet when you are knocked to the ground and beat up along the way and it looks bleak, look to your creativity and courage to find the alternate path forward. Use a systems thinking approach. E, emotion. Never make decisions based on emotion. You will always lose. Understand this harsh reality. People don't really want you to succeed. These elements, to me, have been the most critical components to building our ranch and keeping our head in the game. Balance in every element of our lives and the people that work with us daily. If there is a weak link out of balance, that creates a struggle. Loss of focus leads to anger, fear, and out of control. Step back, take a break, a breath, and realize tomorrow the sun will come up and the new day usually brings new light to yesterday's challenge. Hello, my name is Steve Kenyon with Greener Pastures Ranching. And I've been super excited over the last few years to be working with Clay Connery on the Working Cows podcast. It's an amazing resource for people who are getting into grazing and uh, ranching. So any advice that I would give to the future generation getting into this, um, by far it would be to understand the business side of your ranch. Um, you know, it doesn't matter how good of a grazer I am if I don't understand the economics and finances behind the business and if I don't understand the human resources behind it. So being able to communicate with people and, and negotiating contracts and negotiating land rents and all sorts of things that are so much more important than actually being a grazer. So if, if I could give anything, yes, it would be learn the business side figure out how to do a gross margin analysis and break down your business into profit centers and figuring out what parts of your farm are making money and which parts are not. Uh, Understanding the finance side, right? Running a cash flow, being able to predict six or eight months in advance when you're going to have a cash flow crunch. That's a powerful tool. Um, Really needing to understand that on on a farm. And being able to communicate with people. Uh, We've got different personalities out there. You need to be able to determine what the personality is of someone you're working with you know uh, just sit down and talk to them uh, have have tea and uh, coffee figure out what what makes them tick and then lead your conversation to their language um very powerful tool that i learned over the years so yeah without a doubt 
you know, grazing is not the most important part. Feeding cows is not the most important part. It's really understanding the business side to your operation. So once again, thanks, Clay, for letting me be a part of this, and uh, God bless. Hi, this Melinda Sims, and I was calling with a bit of advice for the next generation grantor. 250th episode. My bit of advice would to first and foremost establish a goal or a vision for yourself. If you are a new generation of ranchers or a young generation of ranchers, um, understand what it is you want. And, and maybe find that that actually isn't going to be in production ads. But it's better to find out first what it is you want so you don't waste so much time trying to figure that out. Um, the other part of that is, you know, without a goal or a vision in mind, it's really hard to get And so having that goal established or that vision established to go with uh, really is lend some clarity and can take a lot of stress out of the situation if, if you've laid that groundwork and know what it is you want. But that's my, that's my advice. Uh, establish a goal or a vision to know what direction you want to go in life. Thanks. Have a good day. Bye. My name is Pete Farrell. I've had the privilege of being the fourth generation of my family to manage a beautiful ranch on Tallgrass Prairie in the Flint Hills of Kansas. Much to my delight, the fifth generation and first non-family member, member is now managing the ranch. This required a lot of soul searching and eventual letting go on my behalf. To the next generation, I would say that the journey is the reward. Enjoy the ride and remember it's all a gift, even the bad ones. You are caretakers of the very fabric of life. I recently heard an anecdote told to me by one of my mentors, Wendell Berry. He was visiting with his father, who was in his 80s at the time. His dad said, I've had a good life, and I had nothing to do with it. Now, there's a person who knows it's all been a gift. And my dad said to me, as I would say to anyone, we don't own this place. We're just the caretakers here for a while. Thank you. Hi, this is Arielle Greenwood from episode 133. I would encourage your listeners to think about ways that they can make interesting and creative partnerships and collaborations with other people and businesses to help further the scope and scale of their work. Uh, it's totally fine to want to have your own spread and your own herd. And at the same time, there are uh, a lot of interesting ways to work with other owners of livestock, of land, people with leases who need help um, that maybe don't resemble what might be considered the typical cowboy or camp manager or herd manager job and um, think about what you really need in life and work backwards from there. Oftentimes, some of the most resilient and longstanding working relationships are those that might be a little bit unconventional. And uh, just be sure to develop really clear contracts and working agreements so that everything is professional and above board. I'd also encourage your listeners to think about ways to become better water managers. I think as Weather patterns become more extreme with severe drought followed by fire and flooding. Water and competency in how to manage water is going to become a really desirable skill, not just for your own 
ranch or land that you might own, but also for getting jobs managing other people's cattle and land and uh, winning leases. And this will include not just uh, a working understanding of pipelines, drinkers, and storages, but also the sort of biological infrastructure that exists on every land base. So things like intermittent and perennial flowing streams, um, coolies, arroyos, wetlands, bogs, etc. All of these can be really critical resources, not just for growing more and better forage for your livestock, for game and wildlife species, but also for helping aquifers to recharge following flow events. There's a lot of strategies emerging that are low-tech and inexpensive and really efficient for helping to keep water on the land working for us. And I would encourage anyone looking to make a go at ranching and ranch management for the long haul to become pretty well-versed in those things. Hey, Clay, is Derek. Um, on the advice for young producers, um, there's so many things, and sometimes I feel like the ultimate imposter uh, I'm pretending to know what I talk about and I've thought about this a lot and I'm a little late but you know there's a there's a verse in the Bible the New Testament when the Pharisees are trying to trick Jesus and they ask him what's the most important commandment and Jesus says love the Lord your God with all your heart and your mind and your soul and the second of these is like it love your neighbor as yourself and I've had a big deal on that lately, and it's it's it may sum up well. There's definitely the gift of salvation, and we can't miss that. But how to conduct ourselves is pretty much all in that, and that's what Jesus said. Um, you know, we need to keep God first and in the center. But if that's all we're doing, we go to church, we keep our head down, we pray in the closet. We're we're not in the world and of the world. And in ag, we're we're always wanting the neighbors back 40. Or, I mean, who isn't? Let's face it. And and we're all come running when somebody's place is on fire. My father-in-law was really cool. He said, give the neighbor your shirt off your back. But land is land. Well, we're not supposed to covet. And if we're loving our neighbor as ourselves. We're going to help him when he's in trouble. I mean, there's boundaries. If people are using you constantly, that's that's different. But I mean, if somebody finds themselves in trouble, we want to help them because that's we would want to help ourselves. That's loving your neighbor as yourself. So you got to love your neighbor as yourself. And in ag, you're going to have a neighbor. That's just all there is to it. Some of them are mean. Some of them are ignorant. Some of them are just way better than we'll ever be. But we got to love them and. Which goes to the more important one, and then it sounds like, what's this got to do with ranching? And I think it's got everything to do with life, and especially ranching, where we're so isolated most of the time. And that's to love ourselves. And uh, I honestly, it was just my opinion, you, you can't love God if you don't love yourself. And you can't love your neighbor if you don't love yourself. You can try. And we all grew up, you know, they got that super hot, athlete at school and everybody's like yeah he's in love with himself and that's not what i'm talking about i'm talking about getting enough sleep i mean how can you take care of your kid if you're so exhausted you don't you can't take care of yourself how can you take care of your cattle i remember when we when we started in this in 1993 i remember saying the cattle come first and i felt like i was such a john wayne character right but that is it's it's 
Hey, Clay, I think I was running long on that last message. I'll try to speed it up. So we have to love ourselves. And that in this world, we're taught kind of from early age that that's wrong. And it's not, it's not narcissism. It's, it's taking care of ourselves, taking care of the body and the soul and the mind that God gave us. And I think the true, if I was a young producer, that's every single goal, every single direction decision that they try to make as they're moving forward should revolve around loving loving themselves so that they can love their neighbors so that they can honor god and be a light in this world um, i mean we all can look around there's a lot of very wealthy older producers who aren't very happy and yeah so uh, uh we gain the whole world and lose our soul right Man, I, there's plenty of things I could talk about with grazing and everything else, but that's what God put on my heart. Use it, don't use it. You know it's it's also the glory of God for me. And uh, I'm excited to hear this episode. See you, man. Hello, my friends. This is Jamie Elizondo from Real World Ranching. And let me tell you, the most important part about regenerating our soils is increasing the humus content. We must not confuse humus with organic matter. Humus is the stable fraction of organic matter that cannot be degraded further and is mostly formed by the microorganisms fed by root exudates, which comes from photosynthesis in the soil. These microorganisms' dead bodies are decomposed by many generations of microorganisms and are eventually converted into humus the real soil fertility. Humus is what leaves your hands brown, gives the, your soil a dark brown color and a, the good smell like forest litter. Humus is what creates the best growing conditions for your plants and to create humus, we need to slow down or better to eliminate our synthetic fertilizers and do it in a beyond organic way. So, if you want to improve your soil the fastest, you need a grazing program that allows you to create a greater leaf to stem ratio in the regrowth and to grow fat and strong roots. This means that no overgrazing, which is regrazing the plant before it has fully recovered, can be allowed. And you can only do this with a total graze, which is a high harvest efficiency grazing that allows the rest of your property for a much longer rest period and allows you to stockpile in area, larger areas of your property, where you can feed your livestock during the next dry season or winter season when grass growing slows down or stops. This allows you to save money to increase the humus content in your soils as we rotate those uh, areas or alternate those stockpile areas every year and to greatly increase your productivity at a low cost. So be very proud that we are called to be stewards of the land and that we can do it with animals by imitating nature and taking into consideration basic plant physiology. Have a great day. Hello, Clay. 
Logan Proverno here with the Wineglass Ranch in southwest Nebraska. Advice for starting out. Enjoy the journey. Um, pulling this one from Alec Crockett. All problems are people problems. I'm going to take it one step further and say all opportunities are problems, and I'll let you deduce it from there. Uh, some other advice I got from my father uh, and also Alan Nation was it takes 10 to 12 years to really even know what's going on here, and that's not unique to the cattle industry. That is uh, any industry. My dad says 10. Alan said 12, so I'll split the difference and say it'll take you 11 years to really understand it, and even then you'll have more questions than you did when you started out. Uh, two other things I've got, you know, Success is loving your wife and it's loving your family. Don't, don't let ranching distract you from the real, the real thing that's out there. Um, and lastly, something that was taught to be my, my two favorite employees. I've had a handful in my 11 years on the wine glass and I don't remember if it was Brandon Markert or TJ, but they both embodied it and it was just have fun. You know, don't take yourself too seriously. Enjoy the journey. Best of luck to y'all. Hello, this is Alan Williams. The best advice that I have for people just beginning in farming and ranching is to get as much education as you possibly can before embarking on your endeavor. If you are interested in doing this in a regenerative manner, and the very best way to get that education is not through a degree at a university, but it is through hands-on actual practice. And so what I would advise is that you take time to go and visit as many different farms and ranches that are doing what you think you want to do as possible. Glean from them, learn from them, ask questions, pay attention. Then take advantage of other learning opportunities such as the Soil Health Academy and the many different resources that we have available on our website at understandingag.com. So, again, you can find out about upcoming academies that can help you in your learning process at soilhealthacademy.org. And we have many different free resources available to you to Continue that learning process at understandingag.com. This is Tom Nolfsinger, and I want to encourage everyone uh, to to know how exciting the cow-calf production models are. Uh, my advice is to learn effective stockmanship principles that will prepare calves to gain weight on weaning day. Having confidence to change at three important days in the life of a calf those three days being birth, branding, and pre-wean vaccination day. Special attention to these activities or interventions will prepare babies to leave their mother and be willing to eat more than 2% of their body weight on weaning day. That changes the risk of BRD. That changes any interruption in performance. So starting with nursing frequency management, maternal behavior, and these intervention days is a really exciting way to change the quality of product that we have when, they, when the calves leave the cow-calf production. 
once once you've established that, use this quality of your calf to build relationships with calf buyers that appreciate it. Uh, they will see the power in silent weaning and, and, and no interruption in performance. And I would encourage cow owners to find people that they can retain partial ownership of these calves and, and so that they can reap the rewards of value-based marketing as these cattle get close to harvest. <clears throat> Lastly, make sure that we know that we're in the grass business. Find people that will help you with intense range management. That is uh, our responsibility for the future generations, and it's so, so exciting to watch what happens when, when we take care of our range resources. Thank you. Hello, this is Gabe Brown on behalf of the Working Cows podcast. I'd like to give my little bit of advice to young ranchers. Three things. The first, work with nature instead of against her. There's way too many ranchers out there that are calving in northern environments in the middle of winter that is working against nature, costing much more money, harder on not only the cattle, but harder on us as the ranchers also. So work with nature instead of against her. Number two, breed cattle that thrive in your environment on your ranch. Do not chase what feedlots or packers want. The most money to be made in the cow-calf business is by running smaller, efficient cows that can live in your environment. Take advantage of epigenetics. Breed cattle that thrive in your environment. The third bit of advice I would give is to be a lifelong learner. I see way too many farmers, ranchers that get stuck in a rut. They're afraid to try new things. They're afraid to learn. You have to be a lifelong learner in order to be profitable. That's my little bit of advice for what it's worth. Thank you, Clay, for all you do. Hello, this is Steve Campbell of Taylor Made Cattle. Clay was asking my advice to young people just getting started. And what I want to say first is it all starts in the soil. Gabe Brown turned his dirt to soil. And just about anything Gabe tries now turns into gold. Look for diversity in everything that you do. Soil organisms, grasses and forbs, and the animals that are harvesting them. Our biggest problem is we have way too many toxins in our environment and not enough clean minerals in the soil, in our plants, and in our animals. This leads to animals that get acid, and acid mammals tend to attract disease and internal, external parasites. The type of cow that a person needs, if you would visualize a red solo cup turned sideways with the cow's head on the small end, sex hormones shut off long bone growth, creating the top of that wedge, big belly, the bottom of the wedge, a wide butt, a lot of slope from hooks to pins, and a bald udder and vertical folds would be your butter fat, 
those would be the things to look for in the cow that can do it all on grass. I just want you to know you can eat an elephant one piece at a time, but figure out where your skills are and start eating on the elephant at that point. People who get into a new paradigm in the beginning are 300% more profitable than those who wait until that new paradigm is 25% recognized by the industry. God bless and good luck. Hey, this is Wyatt Donald from Montana. Um, so the advice I would give to someone just starting out in ranching is um, to come at it with the perspective of a generalist. You know, you, you can't possibly know all you need to about the countless facets of ranching business, um, whether it's nutrition or animal health or marketing or finance, taxes, law, mechanics, etc. Um, so instead of trying to get really good at one or two of these, um, focus on building a network of people that have devoted their entire careers to each of these topics. Um, these people will probably be uh, paid professionals and consultants to um, mentors and, and peers in the industry. So find these people, develop relationships with them. If they're the right people, they'll be happy to help someone that's just starting out. Um, you just need to know enough about these different facets of the business to ask um, informed, well-thought-out questions. I would say if there's one exception to this advice, it would probably be grazing management. Um, I think this is just such an integral part of successful ranching that um, you need to develop the on-the-ground expertise in your area to really be successful. Um, still seek out people in this area to gain knowledge and wisdom, but this is one you really need to know. Um, the other advice I would have, and it's probably a little more common, but that's probably because it's so important, is to make sure your business has a purpose. You know, why does it exist? How is it going to achieve that? And what are the core values that everyone involved in it share? So that's my advice, and I wish everyone that's just starting out all the best. Thanks. This is Luke Perman, and my advice for the next generation of ranchers is to stay humble. I think that when you're humble, you're willing to ask questions and dig deeper to understand things. I think you'll be you'll be more willing to change course if you realize what what you're doing is not working out, and it'll keep you continually learning. And uh, being a lifelong learner is something that I think, um, as others have said, um, Burke Taker, namely, um, is this such a crucial part of being um, a successful uh, rancher and really successful in anything. Um, but really it all comes down to humility and um, and just keeping that in mind. So that's it. Stay humble. Hi, Clay. This is Ryan Noble. My advice for the next generation would be to be a lifelong learner. Things in this world are changing at a high rate of speed. If you aren't thinking about your options, you'll have a hard time getting through any sort of adversity that comes your way. Part of being a student of your chosen game is to find a mentor. There are people who would enjoy helping you navigate roadblocks as well as exploring opportunities that are laid out in front of you. Someone giving you support will make all the difference in the world to your business. They will bolster your confidence and confirm your fears. 
knowing how to raise livestock is not the same thing as knowing how to build and run a business that raises livestock. People are put off by the idea of ranching as a business, and that's natural. We grew up raising livestock. It's comfortable to us. We learn how to vaccinate a calf, set a brace, do all the physical work of ranching. The result is that we do what we know how to do, the $10 an hour jobs, and we avoid or neglect the 100 and even $1,000 an hour work. We believe that hard work is the key to success. In fact, we wear our work ethic like a badge of honor. But you can't run a sustainable business on unsustainable effort. We've convinced ourselves that ranching as a business would somehow detract from ranching as a lifestyle, when just the opposite is true. Ranching as a business improves the ranching lifestyle. The problem is that we don't know how to build or run a business. Our folks didn't teach us. And how could they? They didn't know. And they didn't need to know. It wasn't as important when land values were lower relative to cattle prices and before fuel prices and other costs got so high. Building and running a business takes time. Prime time for prime work, as Stan Parsons used to say. Two mornings a week to work on it, to evaluate enterprises, create position agreements, develop a marketing plan, draft a family employment policy, establish a drought plan, and develop a dozen other essential things that every successful family business needs. Some people figure that when they grow from 50 cows or 100 cows to 200 or 500, then it'll be a business. But it's not the scale that determines whether or not it's a business. It's your attitude. If you see it as a business, then it's a business. And until you see it as a business, it's unlikely to grow from 50 to 100 cows or 200 or 500. Look, there's two types of athletes, professionals and amateurs. What's the difference? Well, the amateurs pay to play. The professionals get paid to play. The same holds true in ranching. You can be an amateur, your ranch can be a hobby, usually an expensive hobby, or you can be a professional. The professionals know that it takes more than physical work doing the $10 an hour jobs to build a successful ranch business. You have to do the $100 an hour work, too. Dave Pratt, if you have any questions, shoot me an email, pratt at ranchmanagement.com, or give me a call, 707-372-6485. Thanks. Hey, Clay, it's Elaine Fraze, and congratulations on 250 podcast episodes. That's amazing, and you're amazing, too. And here's my advice for the next generation of ranchers at farmfamilycoach.com. Change is inevitable. Growth is optional. That was then. This is now. So don't assume that things are going to change the same. Take really good care of yourself physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually, and know that it's more than okay to get help and to not go it alone. Cherish your marriage because love does not read minds, and staying married is a much better alternative to the rack and ruin of divorce. Know what your rallying cry is for your family and stay true to your values. And every three months, just do a check-in with each other to see how things are going. Embrace the hard conversations with curiosity, especially with your parents and your siblings who may not understand how your vision for the ranch is different than theirs. Attack the issue, not the person, so that you can create solutions. And cowboys, it's okay to cry because sharing emotions is a very good conflict resolution strategy, and very healthy and healing. Know what your income streams are and be compensated well and fairly. Know that your family living expectations need to be clear and accounted for. Appreciate each other. Make quick repair. Rest on Sundays and take time for play. Make sure you share your timelines and visions with the folks as they are aging in place on the ranch whose roles may be changing and you're carrying a pretty big load. Remember, you're not alone. 
There's lots of support and resources. And as a farm family coach, I'm here for discovery calls, for resources, for books, for videos, or just a little encouragement to know that you're doing what's best for you and your family. Also be careful to know what is enough. And remember, whatever you create in this world, you're not going to take it with you other than your richness towards God and your richness in relationships. So build a great circle of trusted advisors and make sure that you stay close to your spouse because you want to be rich in relationship, especially with your best friend and partner. So, Clay, wishing you all the best, and thank you so much for the work we've already done together. Your impact of Working Cows is impacting the world because I'm going to be speaking to a group from the U.K. in September from Wales just because of you. All the best, and God bless on your journey. Bye. All right, Working Cows group, uh, Clay asked me to leave a voicemail for with advice for the next generation. I've got four pieces of advice. Here we go. Number one, ranch weird. Don't ranch like everybody else does. Look for places where your passions align with an economic advantage, right? Everybody else just wants to run cows, right? So what are you going to do to create that economic advantage and align that with your passions? So ranch weird. Let's look for some way to, to, to create that advantage. Number two, go away. Don't fall into the temptation to just come home and to ranch at home, right? If we're going to create business leaders for these companies, uh, the, the thing we want to do is to have leaders that are coming in that have had opportunities elsewhere. Uh, maybe you've worked for a bad boss. Maybe you've worked for a great boss, right? Those are all amazing opportunities that will help you become the best ranchers you can become. Number three, surround yourself with people that you want to be like. I've heard it said that we turn into the people that we spend the most time with. So identify, be intentional about selecting who those people are that you want to be like and surround yourself with, with people like that. And then the last thing is uh, becoming effective uh, business business people is about becoming effective leaders. So how do you become an effective leader? What do you need to do to build those leadership skills, right? And it's about being able to effectively lead change. How do you lead up those people above you in the organization? And then how do you lead down? How do you get those people under you in the organization to be excited about what you're building and becoming a part of? Uh, so be, be, invest in your abilities as a leader to develop those skills in yourself. So there you go. Four pieces of advice. Uh, hope today is great. Hey there, Brian Alexander, host of the Ranching Reboot podcast here. And Clay sent me a message and asked for a little bit of advice for people starting out. So we live in a rapidly changing world and face a future where the only certainty is change. Eastland Kodak almost went out of business because they failed to understand the digital age. So don't be afraid to fail on a small scale. Try new things and try them often. And I think one of the most important things I would have to offer is before you decide to get into the livestock business, understand who your customer is and what your pathway is to them. Very good stuff there. Really appreciated um, all of those and uh, very much appreciated uh, the perspective that they offered and, and some of the ways that it all fit together and, and the way they all kind of lined up. And uh, the breadth of topics that they covered was very good. Coming up next week on the Working Cows podcast, excited to talk to 
Dan Rasmussen. He is an educator for the South Dakota Grassland Coalition. And uh, let me just say the South Dakota Grassland Coalition is a fantastic organization. They are uh, on the cutting edge. They are they were early adopters as far as uh, the Grassland Coalitions are concerned. Um, they spun off the South Dakota Soil Health Coalition, which was, I think, one of the first in the nation. And uh, and both of those organizations have been um, have have since uh, spawned other organizations in other states. And so, uh, very very innovative group of guys. And Dan has been there since the beginning, and uh, was on the board for 18 years, I think he said. And now he's an educator for them. So, um, very much encourage you to tune in next week for episode 251 of the Working Cows Podcast coming your way real soon. We invite you to visit workingcows.net to subscribe to the show via iTunes or Stitcher. You'll also find detailed show notes pages, resources from our guests, and the industry leaders who have influenced them. For more ideas on putting your cows to work for you in a more profitable way, tune in next week.